Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. And welcome to heaven. This is Under Consultation, an episode-by-episode podcast-type situation through the UK's greatest video game challenge TV show, Games Master. I am one of your hosts, Luke Owen, and I cannot believe we are nearing the end of Series 5 and are about to get into Series 6. There's only 28 episodes left. And talking about a bad starter, I am the man who is in charge of StreamYard and yet, until three minutes before we went on air, forgot to send the link to my co-host. I am Ash versus. <laughs> And welcome to our Series 5 wrap-up episode, which we are doing live here on YouTube because... A, it's a it's a bit easier on the old edits. Uh, we can get it turned around a bit quicker. But also, B, we thought we would do some live feedback while we were doing this. This is going live to all of our patrons, all of our regular listeners, and everything. So, thank you all so much for joining us here on this live episode. And if anyone's wondering why my intro was so shockingly bad, it's because mm, I'm having a little bit of wine. Oh, we see. Uh, I'm still off the source, so I have La Croix. Oh, very nice. Yeah, there's a spa nearby that sells it. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, Ash, it is quite remarkably, I I was thinking about this earlier, the end of series five, uh, which does mean, yeah, we only have 28 episodes of Games Master in its original run left in the timeline. 28 episodes of this show left seems really weird because that's essentially like the length of a series two or a series three. That's all we have left of this show. Yeah, indeed it is. Because, of course, the seasons get shorter from this point in. One slightly shorter and then dramatically shorter 10 episodes for the final season. And we knew this day was coming because we actually talked about it right at the beginning, right when we were doing our initial planning. It's like, well, we've got a podcast and we know that if we want, we've got a finite point we have an end date 
we don't have to worry about keep coming up with new stuff or, you know, what if it gets stale? It's like, we know we've got X episodes to do. And I have to wonder, would the time have gone as quickly if not for the past two years being a bit fucky? Yeah, because we've been all pandemic-y and all of that. It, it, it is kind of like, yeah, I, I'm just sort of surprised by it because it seems like only yesterday we were finishing up Series 2 and Series 3 seems like a bit of a blur, but Series 4 flew by. Series 5 really, really flew by. And Series 4 flew by because that makes sense because we recorded a batch load of episodes right at the end before I went on maternity leave. But Series 5, we were recording episode by episode, more or less. And yet it still feels like it has really flown by. And like, I'm still kind of, I still haven't quite wrapped my head around the fact that we're at the end of it. I think part of it might be, and certainly I noticed this while doing prep for this episode, is there is a lot less repetition. Like, how many times in series, pretty much two onwards, was it a case of, oh, it's another Street Fighter challenge. Oh, it's another Mortal Kombat challenge. Oh, it's another one-on-one -on -one fighting challenge with all being Street Fighter clones, essentially. A lot of repetition of games, sometimes it's because they were the popular game of the hour. Sometimes it's because the publisher had deep pockets. I'm looking at you, Clay Fighter and Interplay. And that did make some of those episodes drag because, you know, we were trying to spin out of carrots because how much more can we say about Mortal Kombat or Mortal Kombat 2? What more can we say about Street Fighter? I mean, we can comment on the challenges, but even at that early kind of nascent stage of um, gameplay and kind of of competitive Street Fighter, the tactics and techniques were kind of the same. There was a lot of missed moves and the occasional fireball. It was a while before we got players that were actually impressive. And I think that did make the episodes drag a bit more but weirdly i think the scores of the episodes were higher when we reviewed them i think we become yeah. cynical in our old age I, I think for me like it's yeah when i look back at series five and kind of comparing it to the, my, my thoughts that i had on series two and series three and things like that is and i think why they were possibly higher for those series at least for me is that a i like that format of the show i like the three challenges consultation zone review zone feature in the middle I, I i really like that tight package of it b it was a very much a tea time based show it was half past six on a channel four and it just sort of felt very comfortable and very uh, you know appealing to a certain group of of individuals but also like c and i think most importantly it's my era of gaming it was the time when i was most into my video games like that's the stuff that when I go, when I want to play retro titles, that's the stuff I gravitate more towards than I do the 32-bit era. Like I am nostalgic for the PlayStation because I had one, but I'm not as nostalgic for the PlayStation as I was the Mega Drive and the SNES. Yeah, I mean, I started with the 8-bit era, I went to the SNES and I went on to the 32-bit. I also gravitate more towards the 16-bit and I don't think that it's, it's more my era. I genuinely think that it's just aged better. Mm -hmm. A lot of those 16-bit games, particularly platformers, particularly by the time we get to, say, the snares for me, Mario World is a peak, Mario World is a pinnacle. Really, from a 2D Mario point of view, you don't get much better. Whereas those early 3D games in the PlayStation era, there's a lot of times you can play some of those early games, particularly early first-person shooters, uh, early 3D beat-em-ups, and you can categorically say they get a lot better very quickly mm -hmm. uh, just quickly on repetition is just wanted to point out we'll see coming up with oh it's another mario world question in the consultation zone peter sidden oh it's zelda 3 again oh <laughs> zelda in the consultation zone oh yeah that's something i yeah. don't miss 
Yeah, I mean, that was even brought up in the uh, the clip show that we had at Christmas. So which kind of does it bring into Series 5? We all thought we'd open up our wrap-up episode with a general thought before we get into our award ceremony and your own feedback. So, Ash, some general thoughts on Series 5 from yourself, because this is, you know, as, as Matthew once put it to me when we were like you know building up to this show and like when we were during series two he said i hope you're ready for the dominate era of games master and i feel like now we are in the dominate era of this show oh we are absolutely in the dominate era of the show we are also in a show that knows what it wants to be There was a lot to love in Series 4, but one of the key things that we constant commented on was it's not quite sure what it wants to be. We're dropping challenges. We're cutting away from challenges. We're now going to dump a challenge just to have a bit of a scoop in the first view of a Saturn in someone's living room. It was very bitty and it was still bits of the old Games Master. And by that, I mean Series 1 and Series 2. You know, most of Series 3 left behind for understandable reasons from Dominic's point of view. And there were great moments in Series 4. We had a laugh. We had great fun. But bloody hell, it was uneven. It's a mess. Whereas this show, oddly, bar the first episode, is actually fairly consistent in what it is and what it wants to be. I say bar the first episode because we'll get onto it later. I know we'll get onto it later. But the first episode of Games Master Series 5 is probably the most divisive we will ever be on a challenge. I think so. 100% it will be. Yeah, I'm sure we will come on to that. Like I had almost the same note that you did as a series five is a series that has found its feet. Series four was trying to be series five while also being series one and two. So it, it is quite a mess. But series five is just like, no, no, no. This is the show that it is. This is the show that we want to make. This is the audience we're looking to appeal to. It's also like this is now purely next gen. Series four was kind of still a 16 bit show, but the 32 bit was era was coming in. So there was a lot of stuff around the 3DO or like, oh my God, look, it's the Sega Saturn, it's the PlayStation, but we're still doing challenges on the Mega Drive and the SNES. Whereas this is now purely PlayStation challenges. These are Saturn challenges. These are next gen arcade challenges. There's a handful of SNES challenges in there, but it was predominantly this is the new gen now. The SNES challenges that appeared were the landmark games because more so than the Mega Drive, the SNES still has some absolute killer titles up its sleeve. And it does right until towards the end, which I think is highly admirable in many ways and shows that Nintendo weren't just going to kick their heels while the Nintendo 64 went through a very, very difficult birth. I like Series 5 overall. I think there was a lot of steps forwards. I think a lot of the features were great. They were much more consistent. They were much more diverse. There were less features that felt just like absolute filler. There were one or two, but there were less that felt like absolute feature. And production and Channel 4 dug into their pockets and sent Dom literally out into the world. And that is something that we will see continue into Series 6. I felt the reviews were better overall. It became a two-hander and there was a nice level of consistency there. I didn't mind Heaven as a setting. I thought the Angels were a step back. Mm -hmm. Not because I thought they were bad as performers, but because unashamedly, I loved the Goblins. They weren't the Goblins. Like, the Goblins got involved. The like when you think about it, like what did the angels actually do in this series other than hand out the gold uh, the golden joystick? Like they didn't add anything to the show other than being pretty faces, which is why they were there. Whereas like the goblins felt like actual characters. And even to a degree, like the diver felt like an actual character in series two, felt like sort of part of the crew. The angels were just there. And I think we'll get the same in series six with the mermaids. I think the mermaids get a little bit more to do. 
there's a couple of joke setups which they are at least involved with and often not as the punchline itself. Dominic falls down on himself a couple of times. But that did feel like a step back. And I could be biased because, you know, hashtag love the goblins. Justice for the goblins. The other thing, actually, I wanted to mention on Dom, kind of before we move into our reward ceremony, is that this is a much happier Dominic Diamond. Like, Dominic Diamond in Series 4 is a grumpy sod angry at games master angry that he's back and angry that it's not the show that he wants it to be but now we're here in series five and it is the show he wants it to be he does feel like a lot more of a cheerier dominic diamond and very much more like a comfortable dominic diamond i would say like this is this isn't dom trying to be the smiley happy guy that was there for series one and series two this is now just this is who i am and this is the kind of presenter that i'm going to be i'm gonna have fun and if you want to come along for the ride cool beans if you don't, tune out. This show is not for you. It's not Whereas for no, you. Series four, part of it you could write off by the fact that, you know, he's in hell and maybe meant to be some kind of Lucifer type role. But also I think uh, there was a, at least part of series four that was almost a therapy for him and getting the annoyance and the frustration out of his system kind of quite cathartic. Series five, he's a bit happier. He's a bit mellower, but still wonderfully dry and still very very obsessed with people's hair oh very much so and their girlfriends uh, and anything like that and their girlfriend's um, hair and their girlfriend's hair yeah i mean the one thing i would say about series five and i think we've actually had this bit in the feedback as well which is something that i, I do agree with and i don't think we actually really brought up is because we don't have a consultation zone anymore and we also don't have as many challenges on the show anymore games master himself isn't in a lot of like he is in episodes he's just not in the episodes as much as he used to be like when you think back to the first three series in particular games master is a staunch feature he is the person setting the challenges sometimes i think in series five the challenges are set by dom and games master is just there to add color like he doesn't feel as integral to the show as he once did despite the fact that his name is still the title i had very very similar notes especially because you get to these whole one challenge episodes he's there once and then maybe at the end to pass judgment like with the movie maker where he sets up the challenge and then kind of appears at the end to go you you know you're you're both awful awful, yeah, or awful if, people or they just have outtakes of him going ooh ah cantona ooh ah cantona yes <laughs> It's a shame, but I don't see a way around it. Certainly, at least not at that point. And it's a shame because we saw later on that it could work with New Games Master because there was no consultation zone there, despite the fact that, you know, we, we were technically it. in it. <laughs> but there was a good amount of, of banter and some very clever editing with the Games Master. So I would argue that in three episodes, um, the second Games Master actually had more character development than the original Games Master did in all of Series 5. Yeah. And had more good moments. I don't think it's deliberate. I think it's just a side effect of Dom getting rid of the elements that he didn't think would make a good show. And whilst we take our name from the consultation zone, and I do miss the consultation zone, it was a fairly crap part of, of an episode. And other than the occasional giggles and jokes with the Games Master, I don't actually miss it that much. 
I don't either. Like, I miss it from a nostalgic point of view, but an actual piece of content. And I particularly as well, as I think we get into the 32-bit era, he's less needed. Like, as a feature, it's less needed. You're not giving out passwords or, like, shortcuts or anything like that. Maybe, like, point-and-click hints, I think, might have been good. But I think, for the most part, it was completely the right decision to cut it. And I get why Dom and his team decided to do it. It took me a handful of episodes of watching Series 5 to even notice that it wasn't there because the episodes themselves were so tightly put together that it didn't feel like something was missing. I mean, Dom did go on record and saying he didn't like it. He didn't That's like it. fair enough. We kind of forgot it was going away. Like, we did. build up to it. We didn't even mention it until, like, I think the wrap-up episode of Series 4, we suddenly said, like, oh, by the way, that's the last consultation zone. Like, we're never going to have the consultation zone again until we get to Series 8. I know we thought at that point we might get it in Series 8, and then we didn't. Yeah, and I'd already watched a good chunk of Series 5, but it just never registered. It wasn't there. Didn't register at all. Right, Ash, it's time to hand out some awards to our favourite challenge uh, of Series 5. So I've got a bit of a short list of uh, options here, but I'll hand it over to you first. Uh, what, what was your favourite challenge of Series 5? Purely because it is a game I still play the series of today a lot. Gotta go for the Puzzle Bobble Challenge. Yeah, I had that on my short list as well. Like, it, I, I told the story when we got to the challenge... I remember being on the set of Series 8 with you and turning to you and being like, there's an episode of Series 5 I cannot wait to talk about where a lad plays three games of Puzzle Bubble at the same time. And it's the sort of challenge that I wish we actually could have had more of in Series 5 and actually more of in Series 6 and 7. I, I just thought it was such a fun little setup. It's an odd challenge as well because it is a very traditional Games Master type challenge in that it requires them to complete a game, but it actually requires them to complete three games. And by having the multiple machines on the go at once, it's like plate spinning. You keep all the plates spinning and suddenly we're half a foot in Games Master, half a foot in You Bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I loved it. And I still maintain, as I think I did on the episode, that if they'd given him three upright cabinets, he'd have done it. And I think what did him in was having to stand and stoop and stand and stoop and stand and stoop. I imagine the small of his back was killing him by the end of that. Yeah, and I think the only thing I, I think I said at the time was that, it, you know, if I had full control over it and a bit more free reign, I would have had three commentators, each one looking at each individual screen so you could cut back. So like Dave is watching one, Rick is watching another one, and Kirk is watching a different one. And kind of like them passing judgment, you know, and being like, oh, we'll go over to Dave's like, well, Dave, he's got so many reds over here, he's in a right pickle. I think that's the only other way you could do it. But I haven't said that. I did love Dom doing the solo commentary for it. Yeah, I had Puzzle Bubble Dan as one of my favorite challenges. I thought it was so much fun. Weirdly, it was the solo commentary that also made me think of, of You Bet because, yeah. uh, was it Matthew Kelly on You Bet? I think it was. Mm -hmm. like. Be he would some of the challenges he'd be there really encouraging them and going along and Dom was like that as well or even like Roy Castle on Record Breakers it was that thing of like he wanted the person to win he genuinely wanted them to succeed and uh, just want to say David Fisher pointing out nothing beats baby Rom we'll get to baby Rom we'll, we'll, we'll get there don't you worry I think for me though like I had Puzzle Bubble on my shortlist as well as the Executioner the Finisher Challenge and the Killer Instinct uh, Combo Breakers but for me it, it quite easily it's Virtual Cop it's Martin Mathers playing Virtual Cop single credits the entirety of the episode getting a perfect score it just felt like nothing that Games Master had done before. 
and like a real nice like here is a new era of this show with such a fun fun challenge and a really awesome visual of watching a guy complete an arcade game which my local bowling alley you never would have seen people do that sort of thing so i i I think it, it was so much fun i had three games down for my favorite challenge pause a bobble which already mentioned uh, Sega Rally, Johnny Herbert versus Mark Blundell, because I just thought that was such a fun challenge and great to see those two really hulking big arcade machines together. And I did have the Virtua Cop challenge on there. And actually, it was at the top of my list. And the only reason I didn't choose it is because I knew you were going to choose it, because I remember how you reacted to that challenge and how your eyes lit up with it. And I'm like, that's going to be an easy choice for Luke. I'm not going to steal that thunder from him. Yeah, it was either going to be that or Puzzle Bubble for me. Um, I was toying with the executioner, though, because I do, you know, the costume was crap, but I did like the conceit of it. Like, if you buy into the kayfabe nature of it, of him picking out games at random and then picking characters at random, I think there is some fun elements to it, fudge though it was. And also, I've got to believe the execution of failing on Orchid's flash manoeuvre has to be a deliberate thing. Because as soon as they announce it, a lot of horny teenage boys will be like, mm, we're going to get to see tits, or at least the implication of tits. Because you don't see actual nudity. But to botch it, it's kind of just like, uh... I So I still think he wasn't meant to bollocks it. There was either, my two schools of thoughts, either they could show it tw- uh, once, which they do in the, like, here is what the move looks like, here is the move you're looking out for, because they, so they do show it. So it's either they could, they could only show it once, but I think it's it's not intentionally bollocks because literally Dave Perry is shouting, here it is, here's one for the lads, which I, I, I felt very embarrassed just doing that in my living room, in my kitchen here, but oh, here's one for the boys, and then was genuinely upset that he didn't do it. I do want to give an honourable mention for something that was technically a celebrity challenge, but realistically she was known for one thing and then her career fine, kind of fizzled out, and uh, that was Jadine Duran on Alpine Racer, and I want to give that a special mention for being probably the closest competition we've had on Series 5, where literally the only reason she completes the challenge is because of conservation of momentum. In yeah. that, you know, the at the point when the clock hits zero, technically, I believe the arcade machine will like kind of it will stop taking input. So it won't kind of take any more but side to sides or sways or whatever, but it won't stop your player dead. And so just the fact that she continued going forwards and crossed the line meant the machine went, Oh, okay. Uh you win. There we go. Great. That was a uh, a nat dick of a challenge in terms of just how much time she actually had left. Love that. Uh, and actually, as Peter said on here, it's like, uh, Ravi the Executioner is in Series 4, saying he'll be on the internet for hours. He's in Series 3, I think. it's uh, He was part of the, um, the, the portable CDI feature uh, as a games tester on there, talking about how great it is. I don't remember him being in Series 4, but he definitely was in Series 3. Um, and yeah, then he becomes one of the uh, researchers are in series researchers in series five. Might have been a researcher in series four, actually. Let's check the credits on that. Uh, right, Ash. Let's move into our worst challenge of series five. So, I think there are. Do I think there are more worse challenges than there are good challenges in Series 5? I don't know if I truly believe that. I'm only saying that because when I wrote down my favorite challenges, I wrote down four instantly, which was Puzzle Bubble, Virtual Cop, The Executioner, and Killer Instinct. And when it came to my worst challenges, I then wrote down five instantly. That in, like 
on to the bow. I was just like, boom, it's that, it's that, it's that, it's that, it's that, or it's that. And I know what some people are expecting me to say, but I'm not picking Baby Rom. I'm, I'm, I'm not picking Baby Rom as my worst challenge of Series 5. My God, this has blown my mind as a last-minute swerve. I, I genuinely expected you to have Baby Rom right at the top of your list. Number one with a bullet. I'll be honest with you, it was the first thing I wrote down, but when I think back on it, it's not my it's not my worst challenge of series five i think my worst challenge of series five is setting up a pc see my worst challenge of series five is director's lab i'm i'm saving that for a later thing but yes that was one of the other ones i had picked but yeah it was i'm picking setting up a pc because it was just so awkward watching patsy hate being there it was either a piece of paid for promotion or it was a very bad piece of paid ball promotion because at the end of it they didn't really promote the thing they were there supposed they were supposed to promote because the ending line is Dean Gaffney being like I'll just stick with a Mega Drive thanks as opposed to I'll wait till Windows ninety five I think that'll make this so much easier which is what Kirk was doing they didn't come within an ass's roar of of, uh, of doing it so yeah I, I really didn't like it I I I'll tell you why I didn't think that that was the worst challenge of series five and it's very simple it's because it had a definite end goal it had an end point and also i love the fact that they went we've added a couple of traps in there just to trip them up i actually thought that was kind of like quite fun and quite cool whereas director's lab was just a piece of software that should never have been used for a challenge in the first place and certainly not by two comedians who, you know, I love, but who were not computer people. Even if you include the hours in the green room, they'd have had to get used to it. This is something which you might want to do of going, right, you've had this piece of software at home for a month, and now here's a special version of it for Games Master with new clips in, and now you've got half an hour. So once they understand all the different areas of Director's Lab, so the sound side, the video side, the, you know, all the different kind of bits of the wheel that you can go to, then it might have been a fun creative challenge. But as it was, it was destined for failure. And it, it, I mean, to me, this is worse than Robocop in Series 4. Which we never even got to see. Yeah, Robocop was better by not actually appearing on screen doing the challenge. I agree with you to a certain extent about the, the setting up PC thing in that I like the traps that they set up. The only problem is that they never get even close to finding them. Like, we spend a bit of time in the show being like, ah, oh, but we've set this up. They're going to have to do this. They're going to have to create boot disks. They're going to have to do that and the other. They barely got the things out of the box. Like By the time the show has ended, the closer that Dean Gaffney has come is he's plugged the monitor in and he's, like, connected a mouse. And, like, it's just... It's actually a nothing challenge in the end of it. I was going to have that, but, like... <laughs> It's that or it's virtual pull. And the only reason I had virtual pull down is because friggin' hell, it just went on and on and on. Like that is a never ending challenge that is tediously boring. And it's a shame because kind of human versus Mega Drive last series. Great. So good. So, so good. One of the best one of the best challenges of series four, and actually your games master in general, but yeah, virtual pool in series five, not good at all. Uh honorable mention for the internet challenge. I saw a bunch of people mention it in the chat, but I forgot to click. I, I still don't understand how the um 
how the chat thing works on this. But basically, honorable mention for the internet, not because I believe it was a bad challenge. I actually think it was quite a fun concept, but because it reminded me of how kind of crap the internet was in 1995 and how just full of really boring, terrible stuff it was. And in fairness, here we are 25 years later. No, God, more than that. Too many years later. 27? 27, 28, yeah. It's still full of boring, horrible crap, but it loads quicker and it looks prettier. Yeah, I think comfortably looking at, look at the chat going through there, everyone had the same five challenges as the worst challenge, which I, I think is actually quite... We've never had four feedback of this, which is like a consistent run of these other worst challenges. And it is Baby Rom, the internet, setting up a PC, Director's Lab, Virtual Pool. Like that is a very consistent run of people being like, these are one of these five is the worst challenge of series five to bod with imagine dean gaffney setting up your pc though i mean does anyone know what dean gaffney's doing nowadays that could be it he could be a pc world technician for all we know uh right so speaking of dean gaffney and his ilk it's time for the annabelle croft award for our favorite celebrity uh we had celebrities in every single episode they actually had much longer challenges than we've had previously however ash i am fairly confident you and i will have the same answer written down here as the number one pick i've got three I've written down three as well, but I'm pretty Ooh. confident we've. I've written. I'm pretty confident we've got the either we've got the same three, or we've definitely got the same number one. Count of three, we say our number one. Ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Mister Motivator. Motivator. Yes. Because <laughs> it's Mister Motivator. Just such an absolute joy to have on the screen such an amazing force of positivity such a fun challenge that he did remarkably well at or at least as consistently okay as the other challenger who was also really really good i Love loved gringo, gringo. so gringo. much fun I wish I could find Gringo. Genuinely, I'm sure I could send an email to Mr. Motivator. He'd probably not respond. It'd be another jet situation. But God damn it, I want to find Gringo. And I did try. And he's one of many people that I just could not find any sign of. I bet you he's in the book. Like if there's one person that will have tracked him down. Stay with us. We'll get in touch. We have a, <laughs> yeah. we have a line on that book. We have a line. In fact, they will probably hear the line will probably hear this podcast and then go, why didn't you ask me? And it's like, well, <laughs> because we occasionally forget that people actually are willing to talk to us. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm very curious because I was curious if we had the same three. Who were okay. your other two? Oh, do, do, do you want to do this again? Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> One, two, three. Cobra. Cobra. <laughs> I mean, both the Glads were great, but Cobra yes, was Cobra Cobra there with his Butlins material in hand. Like, he was ready to go. And um, Pat, was it? It was Panther, wasn't it? That's bad, isn't yes. it? I <laughs> I've only written down Cobra, in all fairness. But it was her just squeezing the teenager's leg, and I'm just like, that kid will never wash that leg again. <laughs> On that day, he became a man. Okay, so two out of three. We're doing this very well on the Cupid challenge here. One, two, three, Janet Janet Gers. <laughs> what? Yes. We would be, yeah. do better on that dating game than that couple. 
had to be Yannick though, because what a fun ass challenge that was. Like from the big hair that he brought with him to the perplexion as to what show he was on to him looking so befuddled at failing the challenge at first because he was like, no, I'm playing this right. That game is wrong. To him then doing the big leg up guitar leg for Aerosmith, the post-match interview when he was, I think the quote was, I played an Aeros- I was playing an Aerosmith tune, but I was playing an Ida Main song. I just thought it was so, so much fun. Loved it. I was going to say, interesting little bit of uh, gossip here from Dave Fisher. Didn't Dom absolutely hate Mr. Motivator? Said he was miserable any time the camera wasn't on. Can't wait to read the tales on that in the book. I mean, that would be personally heartbreaking, if true. However, I do believe that's probably true. You can't be that cheerful on camera all the time. I I think we said it in the episode that he was brought on for them to make fun of. Like, quite clearly, they brought him on because they thought he'll make an excellent punchline. And yet, they don't make a lot of fun of him. And we kind of figured it's because he was just too nice. And they were just having a really fun time with him. But yeah, I can also believe that once the cameras were off, he was just like, I don't really want to be here, to be honest. (laughs) I just want to say that I actually thought we'd be way more divisive on this Series 5 wrap-up. And as it is, we are remarkably on the same page. Shockingly so. I think for series five, the great challenges are great. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, sort of like, you know, Virtual Cop, great challenge. Puzzle Bubble, great challenge. And the bad challenges are bad. Baby Ron, bad challenge. Virtual Pool, bad challenge. The series, the, the episode long internet PC stuff, bad challenges. All the other ones in the middle are mostly forgettable. Like, does anyone really remember the Destruction Derby challenge or the basketball challenge we had towards the end of series five? I remember the basketball challenge was an absolute murder. It was yeah. just a case of it was a slaughter. Like most, there's so many games in there that are actually kind of forgettable. Or not games, but like challenges that are kind of forgettable. But like the ones that you remember end up being like some of the best challenges the show's ever done. Just before we move on to the worst celebrities, I just want to give an honorable mention in the best celebrities Christopher Lambert in the bathroom <laughs> with the PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. And then you had Chris down at one point. That now means it's the Ashley Pasca Award for the worst celebrity. And I am super curious how well we will match up on this one as well. So I've got three names down. I've got three names down as well. I don't know if we'll have the same names this time round. That I'm, I mean, actually, do you know what? Now that I've said it, I am. I just don't think we'll have them in the same order. Maybe we'll have similar ones. Okay, let's not do the one, two, three thing because that could get a little boring after a while. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think my worst celebrities, and this is kind of why I didn't have them down as my worst. uh, I've really got to decide now whether I'm going to award them their worst celebrity or I'm going to give it to someone else. I mean, you've said it's two, so that narrows it down. Yeah, I mean, it it certainly narrows it down, and I think it's fairly obvious where I'm going with. And and it's why I didn't give them my worst challenge with, with Director's Lab. I think it is Lee and Herring. And it's, I think it's partly two things. It's disappointment that I wanted it to be brilliant because it's Lee and Herring. B, they were given a really tough challenge. But C, I think importantly, they are a celebrity, a celebrity duo that really is the best window we have into this new era of Games Master. Previously, we have had celebrities appear on Games Master that didn't want to be there, no idea what gaming is, no idea what Games Master is, no idea who Dominic Dime is, no idea why we're talking to a big head in the sky. 
no, I, I've never picked up a joypad in their life. And they're just there and they were like, blah, 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 blah. oh, I didn't really do much. I'm off down the pub. Do I get my, do I pick up my check on the way out? Lee and Herring, on the other hand, were kind of the first time that we've had a celebrity on the show that didn't want to be there, but also actively felt uncomfortable being there because of it's no longer this TV production, it's a laddish culture. And then they have this really bad challenge that they're not into. They're making fun of it, but not really making fun of it. Like Dom even says, this is shit. Like he has a VO line where he says, this is shit. And I think it, and I, it's begrudgingly, I, ha- I think I have to give it to Leon Herring. It is Leon Herring based on this challenge and their appearance, because otherwise both me and you Great. love Leon Herring. Love them. I just, the Leon Herring, plus the challenge, plus Games Master, it's a three-way wrong type Pokemon situation. It really is, yeah. This would not have worked on my GM mode. This would not have worked on my GM mode. I basically, Luke has been in my ear for most of today because I've been catching up on CBW as parts parts of Parts Fun Known and also on the my GM mode he's been doing on Wrestle Talk. And so... I, it's weird. I feel like I've been talking to you for about three and a half hours today, and it's not. I've just been having a very one-sided conversation with you because I will find myself talking back to you on other things and going, why isn't he answering me? But Lee and Herring, they were definitely on my list as well. So that is one for one. Ronnie O'Sullivan. Yeah, I had him down. Ronnie, mate. Because this is just, it's its a cash cow. That's it. He And it's, it's not convincing. It runs too long. It's not a fun challenge. It was boring when it was so boring. And, you know, we've had Jimmy White. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of those times was terrible, but the second time was, you know, Bobby Dazzler, one of my favorites. You say that, but I cannot hate the Jimmy White trick shot in series one. I, 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 can't, I can't bring myself to hate that trick shot. It was one of those things where it was so awful, it's actually great. It's amazing, because it's Dominic Dunn being like, I can't believe he did it. That's so amazing. <laughs> I love it so much. Okay, so we, we are two for two. I really do wonder whether we've got the same third one. <sighs> I feel bad for putting these guys down, because I don't think they were the worst. One of them was a complete scuzzbag, but... I think one of the reasons I switched off to them as celebrities is they were basically doing a challenge again that we'd seen before with another boy band, and it was EYC. Yeah, I had them down as well, actually. Two of them seem at least one. No, one of them. One of them seemed pretty cool. One of them seemed like the sort of guy I'd kind of like maybe hang out and have a couple of beers with, maybe on a beachfront bar. One of them is the sort of person I would cross the street to avoid just wouldn't want to be around at all and the other one i couldn't tell you anything about yeah i mean fun enough challenger everything i just i won that into them i think my only my honorable mention and she nearly did pick the pick the post for me was patsy patsy palmer and that is again just because didn't want to be there like i've never seen a celebrity actively hate dominic diamonds but she looked like she had never wanted to be there in the first place and just had this detestment there's that moment when he's taking the headphones off of her and is pulling her hair and she has got this look of i have had it up to here with this shit and i'm ready to go home and i can't tell if it's she specifically had it up to here with games master 
or given a lot of the storylines going on at that time, she's had it up to here with going around on the EastEnders press junkets and being put onto a bunch of shows she does not care about, answering inane questions, doing inane tasks, being in shitty cooking segments on morning television, and she's just had it. Now, I mean, you've interviewed a lot of people on press junkets. Oh, I sure have. You know as well as I do, you always want to get them at the start of the day because by the time it gets to the end, they majority don't want to be there. Some of them loosen up. And sometimes by being the last person of the day, you'll get they're kind of a bit more free form and they're like, oh, we got a bit more time. It's fine. It's cool. But mostly people just get tired. I We recently did an edit for a Cineworld junket. They did the interview themselves. We actually didn't go and do this one. Uh, where for Jurassic World Dominion, and the gimmick was they were getting, they got Jeff Goldblum a toy piano and Jeff Goldblum played the Jurassic Park theme song on this toy piano. Uh, the problem was they got them at the end of the day. But Jeff's not really the problem here. The problem was it was a two-hander interview. And it was Jeff doing it with one of the younger stars in the movie, whose name I am going to butcher here. I believe it's Mamudu Athi, who's like one of the young guys in the film, who was only given an egg shaker. So already he was like, cool, so I'm the second fiddle of this interview, am I? Like, Jeff Goldblum's the star here. You want Jeff Goldblum to play the toy piano. But it's also this lad, at the end of the day, feeling like he's second fiddle to Jeff Goldblum, while also having done the last eight hours of junkie interviews with Jeff Goldblum, which must have been exhausting. Because Goldblum's gimmick for that day, Goldblum's always got a gimmick for junkies, is how he keeps himself entertained, is he asked everyone, what's your surname? How do you spell it? And then tries to work out where it's from. It must be great being Jeff Goldblum. And he was just like, watch. If you've seen the cut of the video, I don't know if it's in like the, because it's definitely, certainly in the raw footage. I think we may have cut around it. Just watch the other guy while Jeff Goldblum is banging on about uh, this poor girl's surname. He's just got this look on his face being like, is this the last one? Please tell me this is the last one of the day. I really can't bear to do this anymore. It's the old, um, Batman v Superman interview. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, darkness, my old friend. (laughs) Oh, no, we can't do that, mate. We're on YouTube. We'll get a copyright strike. (laughs) I liked Will C here. Never seen a celebrity hate Dom. Let me tell you a story about a marketing (laughs) Oh, oh, we'll get to that, Will. That is, that's not far away in our timeline. Later, Evil Ted. Later. (laughs) Later. Honourable mention for worst celebrity. Mm-hmm. Christopher Lambert in the bathroom with the PlayStation. Uh, and I'm doing big buck your hair is and then playing Mortal Kombat 3. Literally two sides of the same coin. He's in the best celebrity for being in the bathroom and rolling with it. And he's in the worst part of it for agreeing to pretend to play Mortal Kombat 3. It's like, mate, you're the Highlander. You're Raiden, Lord of Thunder. Don't stoop to this level. <laughs> in his crappy hotel room. Uh, anyway, you're right. I mean, that's kind of a feature, I guess, that we had in Series 5 was that look at the Mortal Kombat movie that then sort of like sidelined into the Christopher Lambert challenge. But Ash, do you have a particular favorite feature of Series 5? I've got a couple. One of which is just because it was a very cool, unique thing to see that had nothing to do with video games. And that was Dom going to the Waterworld live action show. I thought that was so cool and especially appropriate because that show is still going 
today. And we're going to get another one of those when he goes to the Jurassic Park ride as well. That's right. That's the next series. Which, although it's been kind of reskinned and rejuvenated, much like the Waterworld ride, is still going today. And I, I loved seeing that. And I loved seeing the people behind the scenes and all the underwater cameras and how it's done. I love the fact that the guy from from Universal rolled with the punches on, you know, do you have any of that chemical that makes the water turn purple when people pee in it? It was super cool because, as I think we established, I've kind of got a soft spot for Waterworld in general. And it was nice to see that. Another one is one I think is going to make you pull a face at me. Lawnmower Man 2. Huh. Okay. And it's actually for kind of the same reason I have a soft spot for Waterworld. If you have a feature or series of features, because we got two on Lawnmower, Man, on Lawnmower Man 2, which is either Job's War or Beyond Cyberspace, depending on whether you watch the opening credits or the end credits on some versions of it. When you have a big movie and a very successful movie, you kind of get all the same EPKs and everyone's saying the same thing and they're all going to be well documented and we'll get anniversary editions and we'll get books, lavish coffee table books. Look at how much Ghostbuster stuff we got for the anniversary when that rolled around. Same for Star Wars. But movies like Law Merman 2, disappear into the ether. Mm-hmm. And that is why, well, part of the reason why, I own so many bad movies on Blu-ray. It's because the film may be bad, but the story of how it got there is excellent. And Law Merman 2 is a movie that is still very poorly documented for the most part when it comes to special features. And so seeing a set visit and seeing more contemporary stuff of the time and actually getting to talk about it with you actually made Lawnmower Man 2 one of my favourite films to be featured on Games Master. Because it's forgotten, and justifiably so. It's a terrible movie. But it is one of those movies where some of the stories behind the making of the movie are more interesting than the movie itself. I, I, I get where you're coming from there. I'm going to slightly disagree when we get... Well, uh, well, we'll come to that when we get to the worst features. I think for me, though, uh, I mean, yeah, the Waterworld feature is absolutely brilliant. Also, shout out to actually the... Um, you know, it's all about like the research that the, we did for the episode and that you did for the episode and the stories that came out of it. The flight sim one I thought was really cool because that was pure like, this is the future of arcades that burst, like, is a bubble that burst like three months after they filmed it. However, I think much in the same way that I had this in Series 4, the N64 feature, the proper first look at the N64 here are 10 games that are coming out for the N64. This is exclusive footage of these games coming out for the N64. And then like all of the videos that they had for it, it really did feel like a, okay, cool. This is our next step. This is this is Games Master establishing itself as the place to go to for this kind of footage. So yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. It just beats out uh, either the Games Crackers or the Doom Championships, which I also had a bit of a soft spot for. And you are not alone in that. Pete Sidden is well on board. The Ultra 64 preview feature. Sean with entirely accurate Ultra 64 greater than N64. Contemporary, I used to think Ultra 64 was better named than the Nintendo 64. Looking back now, Ultra 64 would have aged less well. Yeah, it must have been called like the Megatitious 64. So... I think then it does bring us to the Naked and Begging Award for Worst Feature. Uh, I may as well I'll put it out there now. Lawnmower Man 2 
is my, was my least favorite feature. And actually, it's kind of got nothing to do with the things that you said, because I actually agree with everything that you said there. It's not a well-documented enough movie. It's cool that we get to see this cool contemporary look at it. The reason why I've got it as my least favorite feature, though, is it's the only feature of Series 5 that I felt that was a contractual obligation. Like every other feature they had in there is because they wanted it to be in the show. We want to show off the NCs 4. We want to show off this Mortal Kombat stuff we did with Christopher Lambert. We want to show off the space flight feature. We want to show off the water world thing. Lawnmower Man 2 was like, well, we invited you out for the set visit, so you've got to show this thing now. And like Dom's derision of it at the end where he's like, it's out next month. Really felt like this was the only feature of Series 5 that was it had to be there rather than they wanted it to be there. There's one other feature that I felt that that may have been a bit of a case of, certainly not one that there was much passion for, uh, the Computer Animation Awards. I I had that down, um, but that one didn't feel like it was a... That, that almost felt like this. they would have been like, this is the future of computer animation, kind of the same way with the virtual sets thing that they did. Like, as a case of, like, you know, this is what we think the future of this looks like. My least favorite feature, I, there were actually no features I really hated. In Not really. Five. No, there, there weren't. There, there were certainly none that actively bored me. But as much as I loved Dominic cacking himself on a roller coaster and trying not to swear, it made for a very odd end. Yeah. To the season. If they'd put that at the start of the episode, it would probably be in my favorites, or certainly as an honorable mention. But its position at the end just meant that it felt like a very odd way to go out, particularly given some of the language they were using around the end of that episode, as if, well, this could be it. This could be it for Games Master, full stop. So, Ash, that brings us to the Diamondism Award for the favorite dick joke of series five which you know we made a point of this in the in our episodes crikey there were they were few and far between until we got like to the last four episodes and then they were just like throwing them at us left right and center i think we've got the same one on this one in fact i'd say it's a 99.9 percent probability that we've got the same on this one because it made us laugh so much at the time we talked about it beforehand you used it in the episode artwork it's the christmas episode cock and ball veg isn't it I've literally written cock and ball veg. That That's is the only... And I'll be honest, it's the only thing I've written down for this category. I mean, I would say, as regards to dick jokes and innuendo in general, that Christmas episode has more than its fair share. Unwrapping presents, uh, stuffing, stockings, on so on and so forth. Yep, yep. I mean, Dominic spending like most of that opening section up to his wrist in a, in a chicken essentially, which I yeah. must imagine smelt bloody awful by the time they'd finished under those studio lights. I was going to say, those studio lights, oh man, those studio lights would have been, so, they'd probably had massive redheads that would have been so hot. Disgusting. Yeah. So, uh, we may as well move on then, Ash, to the worst moment of Series 5. So, uh, the, the floor is yours, Mr. Versus. What are you saying is your fir- your worst moment of this series? Yeah, the worst moment for me is actually the structure of that last episode. It's a weird mm. thing to keep banging on about, but there was a lot I loved in that last episode. In fact, one of my favourite challenges and uh, one of my favourite celebrities is in that last episode. But I just felt the episode was put together in the wrong order. 
I, 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 I will lose sleep over this. This is the thing. I just think if you could have built up to an epic finish, you had all the ingredients there, and actually, no, it it just didn't. That for mm. me was my worst moment. Was season four had quite a cool end. Season three had a okay end given everything going on season two the rig blew up season one they didn't really need to have a weird ending because they weren't really sure what was going on and what was going to come in the future on that one but it just felt like any other episode it didn't feel like a season finale apart from them walking off at the end that was it the last 30 seconds felt like a season finale yeah i I think the first half feels like a season because it is like here are the arcade games that are coming out for the next few months you know first looks at these and then that awesome challenge for quest for fame the second half of the show's out the window like that feels like any other episode it's a any old episode challenge it's an any old episode feature and as you say yeah it's only really then those last 30 seconds where it's like this is the end now this is the end of a series I mean, start with that feature, the roller coaster feature, then go on to the news, then go on to the challenge, make the quest for fame the last challenge, and then give that dude an actual guitar and have him play Dom and the Angels out as they leave. Easy fix. An absolutely easy fix to be done. I wonder if they were kicking themselves in the edit that they didn't think of that. So here it goes, folks. My worst moment. Uh, baby, rom do 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 Baby, rom do 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 yeah, yeah, B A Y B A B Y Rom hated it so so much. Not just because I think it's a bad challenge, it really does set up the feelings we're getting for this series and this real you attitude that it has, this very immature attitude that it has, this so cynical attitude that it has. And it, I really just I don't like it. And it's such a weird shift because it feels like it's games master hating its own audience and i and i never really are like shows that hate it's why wwe baffles me sometimes it's a show that hates its own audience and this was a challenge that made me feel like oh you don't like me because i'm like like watching people do the challenges you think that i'm the bad person here so yeah i i, I don't like baby rom and i and i don't like what baby rom stands for well they don't really stand for much they're too young <laughs> No, well, actually, I mean, my kid is standing now. She's way younger than the kids that were on there. Oh, I bet that's terrifying, isn't oh, it? God. I've got a text from my wife today saying, like, we need to get a stair. We need to get stairs now, like a, a stair blocker now. Like, we need to do that, like, sooner rather than later. I like the concept of, I, we need to get stairs now. If we don't get stairs, there's nothing for us to get a stair gate for. Why would we get a stair gate without stairs, Luke? Yeah, I no, know. Mate, mate I'd have, I'm, I'm sorry, I've just... Soon as I knew the baby was on the way, I'm just like, keep an eye out for cheap stair gates on eBay. You should have at least three, because if they get past one, you want to make sure. It's like having multiple fences around a prison. You can't just have one stair gate, Luke. You've got to have one top, one bottom, and maybe one in the middle. And at the risk of making myself sound sound way posher than I actually am, I've got two floors. So I actually need to get stair gates for both flights of stairs in this house. Mate, that's a three-gate minimum. It's a four-gate job. It's a four-gate job. Anyway, Baby Rom. I don't hate Baby Rom. I get where you're coming from about a show that actively hates its audience. I don't think they actively hated all the audience. I think they had an issue with the audience. And we saw a lot of this audience in Series 8. 
people that are just going, I don't get why they don't have better games players on there. I could do better than that. Absolutely. Why are they happy on that? And I think that was a case of this show is not for only hardened games players. This is an entertainment show. And I think they could have done it better. They could have taken the pot shot better. Maybe they should never have taken it all. Maybe you're right. But I can't hate Baby Rom for that. I don't know whether this is the case. You know, We'll find out when the book comes, I guess. But I wonder if it's all connected to something that we don't hear a lot of in Series 5, the Games Master message boards, and whether or not that's where all of this came from was people being on the message boards, which is essentially what Twitter is now in 2022 was what that was back in 1995, was people being on those message boards being like, I could do this better. I could do this better. Why isn't this better? Why is that? So like, yeah, I could certainly see them having those, like looking at all of those messages being left on the message boards and being like, nah, fuck these guys. I'm going to put some babies playing a game and see how they like that. Just a note from the peanut gallery. We'll see with, well, look at fancy pants Luke with his stairs. I do. I, I do, yes. <laughs> N64 Live with quite accurately, I thought Baby Gate would be about Baby Rob, not Stairgates. Well, more fool you. I, I have a loft conversion. Have you got anything you want to add on Worst Feature or do you want to move on to our final category? Maybe the virtual pool because it felt so... It ran too long and also it felt super fake. Yeah, it did. And like unedited. I think is actually one of its biggest crimes. So many challenges in past seasons have been edited to the point of like, well, you can tell this took a lot longer than actually we saw. And for once, they decided not to. And I don't know why. Although actually, no, <laughs> they, must, they must have edited it because 1995, if that internet connection was real, there's no way they didn't get disconnected during that. I think the only reason it's as long as it is, is to fill time before the feature. Again, and it's not a fun one. I also had as my worst moments, Leon Herring hating being there and Patsy Palmer hating being there uh, as my honourable mentions. When guests don't want to be there, and we haven't had many of those over the five series, it is awkward. Yeah. It makes you wonder why, I mean, Leon Herring, I can see maybe why they were booked. Patsy Palmer and Dean Gaffney, I don't, no, that feels like that came from above, or maybe, I don't know, I, I, hopefully the book will answer that. Ash, let's end on a high, however, before we get into our audience feedback, because it's time for our favourite moments of Series 5. And I would say there's actually quite a few to choose from here, at least I had I had four things written down. I mean, I had one, and I'm amazed we haven't really mentioned her thus far, and that is... The once and past and possibly future, I mean, legally it's complicated, Mrs. Dominic Diamond, Wickfield. Oh yeah, that was my number one choice I had was The Wedding. I, I, I think it is the first time we've encountered an iconic episode of Games Master. I, other things, the Christmas special. Yep. All of it. All especially, of it. Especially Dominic being unable to set fire to a Christmas pudding and them leaving it in. That was a that was a gaff that I'm really glad they just let it run because Tom's reaction of like, why won't you burn? was just absolutely brilliant. And the angels cracked up and it was nice and it felt like a very human, warm moment. And the only other two I had written down were Martin Maids on Virtual Cop and then Mr. Motivator, brackets, all of that. It kind of hit my features list as well, although I don't think I mentioned it, but the Wing Commander 4 stuff. Hmm. Yeah, the set visit there was really nice. I was chatting with Mark Hamill. And Biff Tannen. 
yeah as is his only name i'm sure there's an actor behind it but none of us can remember it someone in the chat is going to mention it now yeah i, I think for me though when i think like my favorite moment of series five is the wedding particularly now like you know when I'm, i re-listened to rehearse the which that when dominic dime was on and he's like yeah no wigfield didn't know we were going to do it and she was just so cool and so game for anything that she just went along with it and that actually kind of makes it all the more fun for me. Like it's, you know, they sprung upon her some improv and she was just like, cool, I'm going to run with it. You, uh, I'll only say yes if you help me complete the challenge. And they kind of ran with it from there. So I, and I love, and I loved that. Also, Derek Lynch, brackets, general. Hey, there we go. Uh, Peter John, they're saying Kirk and Derek were great additions. Uh, you know, Kirk Ewing, weird addition to the show because you look at him as like, are you are you sure you're supposed to be here without your any and no experience whatsoever? Derek Lynch, what an absolute natural on the show. He was Derek Lynch is a good version of Dave Perry. Yeah, I'd I'd go with that. Um, one more honourable mention for favourite moment because of how much I love that genre of games. We've already talked about him, but the embryo of Guitar Hero, mm-hmm. that, Quest for Fame, yeah. Yeah, with Quest for Fame. That one just tickled me because I'd completely forgotten about it until I got around to watching these episodes for the podcast. And just seeing that there and going, man, this is 1995. And it won't be until the latter part of the PlayStation 2's life cycle. I mean, there were other music rhythm games. I'm sure there'll be comments. But that was when the Guitar Hero came out for the PlayStation 2. That was when it kind of picked up with me. Yeah, and and really hit mainstream, I would say. Yeah, like, I mean, match games existed beforehand, but like no one was into Parappa the Rapper the same way that people were into Guitar Hero. I mean, the Guitar Hero, uh, the Guitar Peripheral type games, that kind of rhythm game very much existed in Japan. I believe uh, Konami did a bunch of them, uh, Guitar Freaks and stuff. I'm, I can't quite remember the timeline. Again, we'll get comments. It's fine. But that one tickled me. That absolutely tickled me just to go, wow, this is super basic because you, you know, it's it's just literally a rhythm game. It doesn't even need to be a guitar. It could just be a drumstick, you know, on a tin can, and it would actually achieve the same thing. But I just absolutely loved seeing that. For all of what we're seeing with the next generation, with the PS1, the Saturn, the Jaguar, um, and all those other things, and the birth of PC gaming, to see an innovation there that would take another 10 years to kind of truly grow, that was very, very cool. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Well, actually, that's all of our awards handed out. So it is now time for the listener feedback. And we are going to kick things off, I believe, with our one and only bit of audio feedback that we've got for this series. So I hope it's a bumper one. It's a bumper and then some combined. It's under consultation Discord's very own Mod Squad. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Under Mod Saltation. Is that how we agreed we were saying it, Matty? Uh, it is now. <laughs> it's the mods, and as you can hear by that giggle in the background, it's all the mods. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Cliff. How are you? You're right. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? And how's Matty? I'm well. How's Matty? Well, this is take two, and I don't have code this time, so yeah, I'm doing great. <laughs> and you don't sound yeah. like a Dalek. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. This is our season five review review slash talk about. So Sarah, this is your first time here. What what did you think of series five? I like season five. I feel like Dom like came into his own a little bit. Like season four for me was he came back with a vengeance. He was like, F you, <laughs> F you, F you. But then it was like, yeah, I, th- this is why I, I really do like the heaven theme because I feel like he feels like, yeah, I'm in this really good place. This is mine now. <laughs> I've, I've been the bad guy in the suit. I'm now here with the angels. I'm happy. It's mine. And and, and it, everyone knows it's his because, you know, essentially it's him and his friends. And yeah, I, I liked it. I feel like he was a lot more fun because there was that sense of like the anger had, had left. <laughs> Again, I still look at part of it and think they really should have maybe let him take it past Watershed, not be a kid's show. <laughs> Just the, op- the, op- the opening itself for me is like, yeah, that's aimed at children, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just going to kill a man in 10 seconds. Here we go. Yeah. Done. <laughs> <laughs> what were your favourite sort of challenges on this series? Um, has to be Bomberman 3 because for me it takes me back to season mm. 4 I think it's episode 3 where they have the giant golden yeah. Bomberman who made them three children very unhappy <laughs> you know quoting the words this was quite boring terrible and horrible I you know I just love Bomberman it's such a fun game to watch and again the band who came to play it don't know who they are EYC or ECY never heard of them yeah, from I the 90s remember. yeah never heard of them like who are you <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the guy Trey who did the worst out of him he seemed like the winner because he was so pleased he was like so because I did the worst he was like do I get the angels and it's like no dude no <laughs> But yeah, I d- it, it just stood out for me because I was like, I had no idea who these guys were. It's Bomberman, one of my favourite games. And the guy who lost was just so happy because he's in heaven with the angels. I'm like, yeah, I love this. <laughs> um, so you've been very opinionated of a certain Mr. Dave Perry. This is your opportunity to tell the world what you really thought of Dave Perry. Just think of Dave Penny- Perry in general, to be honest. I mean, I'll keep quoting what I keep saying. Dave Perry is a sexist bandana-wearing douche. Women can play games, Dave. 
And yeah, that's that. Don't waste any more time on Dave. <laughs> I'm waiting for you. I'm staying shut up. Just go into it naturally. Oh, okay. I'll try and go into it naturally. I don't, but you do know that going into it naturally, when we're talking about Dave Perry, shouldn't be natural. Boo that man. <laughs> Boo him. And then introduce yourself. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'll introduce myself uh, accordingly. Hi, I'm Matty. I'm the mod daddy of UCP, and I work like, alongside these two. Um, yeah, so... You know, one of the worst things I like doing every time we do a wrap-up is I like to defend Dave Perry, even though I can't stand him! <laughs> Why do you do not... this to yourself? I don't know. I just <laughs> like to see the... I like, like most people, I just like to see like the silver lightning... Lightning! Uh, lining. I can't even speak! Lining! In or everybody. <laughs> oh, well, there is lightning. There's going to be lightning in Series 6. Ha 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 and ice and snow and penguins. Um, yeah. So, the silver lining this year is the fact I really, really liked the review tandem between Dane Perry and mm. Rick Henderson. Maybe this is more of a Rick Henderson thing than a Dave Perry thing. And mm. bloody hell, the peroxide blonde on uh, Dave Perry said, Dave yeah. Perry not wearing a bandana is unnatural. Mm-hmm. Unnatural. He looks like an old granny trying to be hip. To hit to be square. And of course, uh, going into that, I like how Dom just gave him a different name every episode. And you could yeah. see the episodes where sometimes he's playing along and then there's some episodes where he's like, yeah, can we move on now? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I still can't, I still can't forgive Dave Bay for being a massive douche canoe. So that's as nice <laughs> as I'm going to be about him. Um, having said that, we're gonna, I'm going to move on over to the era of Games Master where me as a teenager mm. games market slowly became a show that uh was essential viewing to me uh from that it went to a show i put on in the background and one of the elements that made me just put it on in the background was mm. the fact that i was really really getting knocked with dom and his mates just prattling about it became really obvious especially from series five where Games Master just gave up all pretense about being a kid's magazine show about games to mm. this is a light entertainment show where Dominic Diamond just dicks about. And that's <laughs> that's literally what this show is from here on in. And you were saying about it being a kid's show. Well, it starts off this series with a very divisive subject. Oh, and yes. That is a load of kids playing computer games and that is baby rum what were your opinions of baby rum i was completely indifferent about baby rum i saw the arguments both sides one from ash one for luke and i just sit there in the middle i see it for what it is it's just a bit of nonsense a ginormous uh, middle finger to all the complainers that this was literally them putting their foot out in the ground there and saying this is what this show is now deal with it um, but it did also have one of the most wholesome parts of the entirety of Games Master, and that was when Dom had to go over to his real-life baby <laughs> nephew and try to basically sweet-talk him with money. Sarah, you being a mum of uh, a small sprog yourself, uh, how did you think? What did you think of Baby Rom? Yeah, I wasn't a fan of it. 
I just, oh. Yeah. I, I wasn't a fan of it. I know, like, the first time I tried to record this, I was like, no. And I just, I, I don't know what it is. I just, I, I can't click with it. I don't, yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. I'm like, no. <laughs> In many ways, I mean, I'm, I pretty much agree with you there, because if anything were to spell out what I basically critique and Dom and his mates here is, that is just, it's like, it was a, sh it's a, a feature that was a complete nonsense um had no bearing on the show whatsoever they just did it to be and yeah. yeah i could totally see where you're coming from there i was just maybe indifferent about it see for me i i'm in support of it uh as a feature one because i don't think it does anybody any harm and two if you're looking at actually the joke that is implied it's towards every single one of those internet idiots that you see nowadays where they're just sat there typing going, oh, well, actually, I think you'll find that there weren't many serious gamers on this series. And I can imagine that, as I've had it before, in a very small element when I've done very minute podcasts where you sort of sit there and go, but you're not the one creating. You're not the one trying to do this. And I, I think it was that little middle finger up to them going, oh, you wanted serious gamers, did you? Well, here you go. Have some kids playing some computer games. And I said, I know that Luke said he was a bit averse to it, but I don't think there was too much harm. I think it was very much an internal joke and a bit of a, this is what Games Master is now. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Like, for me, it was like, mm. I don't think I, I hated on it as much as maybe Luke did, but yeah, it was like I still was like, mm, nah. But I get, I get it as well. Yeah, yeah Don I get your point. Yeah, Don wanted to do something completely different with the show. To be fair. <laughs> mm. And do yeah. you know what? One thing that Dom has said from almost season one, like when they were competing against Bad Influence, was getting in there for those exclusives, and. I don't know if you two already know this, but I, I sort of like a specific console lots. Really? And... Oh, was that uh, Sega Saturn clip? Yes. Sega Sasachio. No, um, it was actually... <laughs> <laughs> it's actually... It's actually uh, the Nintendo 64. <gasps> and <laughs> I know, shock. <laughs> I know. I, I think that that Shishinko show exclusive four days four i'm gonna swear i can edit it marketing manager days afterwards is absolutely incredible and actually shows that part of dom that really wants to be a serious journalist um even though it is a lovely snapshot back from somebody who's trying to become an expert on that specific console that you can see bulldozer 64 which became blast corpse you can see uh, Wave Racer 64, uh, Wave Race, um, start off to be more of a wipeout game. You know, they, there's there's certain elements to it that are lovely. You see completely not Star Fox 64 being shown because that wasn't a show. That, spoilers, that wasn't Star Fox 64 that we eventually got or Zelda 64. You know, I, I think that that's a lovely snapshot for me. But actually at the time, I think if you're looking at the, for the significance of Games Master, that shows Dom's serious side. Jo Dom has always said that he left Games Master wanting not to be known as the computer game guy. But 
that side, I think that's the sign of Dom is a really serious journalist and is wanting to make something of this. We'll talk about that and let's go into the presentation because I forgot to bring up this point. Uh, for everyone who likes to complain about how NAF Series 5 looks, I actually dig it because we had about four years of solid polish. And of course, it's going to look unreal. They're in heaven. <laughs> you can't get kids in heaven. That will be weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's questions asked. <laughs> exactly. And we're going to go back to a nice polished studio in Series 6 where everything is subnautica. <laughs> Under the sea, just just borrowed from uh, the latter series of Crystal Maze. Um, so yes, thank you very much for bringing up that point because we look at this a polished sort of uh, set, and I think it is. So I I like the set, you know, even though I do love the cheesy editing on like the executioner and stuff like that. But what did you think of it? If you were to give this a proper Games Master score out of 100%, where would you go? Uh, child me never really fully appreciated Series 5 onwards. Um, mm. Probably because I was growing up and starting to discover things like boobs and dicks and all that other stuff. <laughs> um, and literally, I was just moving on from it. Um, me now, looking back at it, could totally appreciate that the audience was growing alongside uh, Games Master, and it was each mm. and every year was breaking away from what it was originally about. Do I necessarily like it? Uh, me now appreciates it a bit more than I did. So I would say, I, although it's not 100% my cup of tea, I still enjoyed it as a 42-year-old way more than I did as a 16-year-old. So for me, it's a nice mid-range 75%. Okay, so it's a high, it's a recommend. It's a recommend. At least some people that might enjoy that sense of humor, at least to try it once. See, Matty's had the same idea as me. Because um, I was thinking 75 is fair, because I don't think it's high enough up there for 80. I don't. There's definitely a different feel to it. I feel like, yeah, Dom's relaxed into it and he's having fun, but it seemed to kind of drop off in quality a little bit in places. So I think 75 is fair, but I'm kind of the opposite to Matty, because Matty obviously remembers kind of putting it on in the background. But for me, I know I was watching it with family, but I was so little, I can't actually remember it. I, I have like little flashes of memories of Game Master. So for me, this is like like a proper recap for me. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is like, I'm appreciating it as an adult. I don't know how I felt about it as a kid, because I can't remember that time <laughs> of my life. I was too small. I know that, you know, Wakefield was there, who I thought was called Wakefield. <laughs> Did you just say that you thought she was called Wakefield? I did. For years and years, I thought that woman was called Wakefield. <laughs> you thought she was a proper northern girl going Damn for right. It. Damn right. Saturday Saturday night in Wakefield with Wakefield. <laughs> you, you made it sound like a police procedural. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, but it was a lovely wedding, wasn't it? It was a beautiful oh, wedding. It was. Um, <laughs> What did I think of it? Um, I, I I think I've already said about my thoughts of Series Three. Series Three, well, Series two, Series One, getting to know the product. Series Two, 
Oh, that's a lovely place. Series 3, not as bad as everybody f f uh, thinks. Go back and watch it. There's nothing wrong! Exactly. And uh, Series 4 was, as I said in my Series 3 wrap-up, people looking at this with rose-tinted glasses. Mm -hmm. If I was to look at it, um, I would have scored it, and I was thinking this today, I would have scored it 81. Um, now, the reason with that is, is I think that actually it is a solid handbrake on going, okay, right, right, let's calm down. You, Dom, go off to America. We'll send you to Japan next series. Don't worry, don't worry, dear. But go off to America. Go and do all these bits. Go on, you know, some bloody, some form of fighter pilot simulation where people are going to battle off and it's going to cost bloody millions and the thing's going to die in a year. You know, go and do that. Go and do a roller coaster. Go and do all this in America. Go, go to Skywalker Ranch. You know, go and, go and enjoy it. But you rein it in a bit. This is still a TV show. This isn't... Yeah, even though it's him and his mates, it still felt a bit more like a TV show. And we started to get the stupid uh, names for the games. We had Derek appearing from... Oh, some great bloody... Great bloody uh, arcade machines. But at the same time, I don't think it's as bad as Series 4. And I think Series 6 is actually slightly better. But that's because it may include a few more games that I really love. But that is a goodbye from me, the amazing Cliff on the old Twitter. And I've been accompanied by these handsome young buggers. Speak for yourself, I'm an old pop. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Sarah K. Pink Lithium. Thank you for having me. Bye. That was Prink. And this is Mod Daddy Matty Boo, your mother's favourite. And uh, yeah... I cannot wait until we do this again and Cliff goes absolutely potty over his editing software. Ash, be bloody grateful. <laughs> Look, lots to dive in there. Lots to dive into. I just had such a giggle and I wanted to highlight Wakefield. And, <laughs> you know, if you were to say, in my accent, oh, she thought her name was Wakefield. Doesn't sound right. The second Sarah says Wakefield, you're like, oh, I can hear it now. I can see why you did think Wakefield's name was Wakefield. And then I proper laughed at Yorkshire Robs. I used to go to Wakefield on a Saturday night. There wasn't anything to sing about. That really, really tickled me. Also, lovely to have all three of them together there. Absolutely wonderful. Even better is, Luke, by the time we get to the end of the show, we can actually just give them an episode. <laughs> like 10 minutes, 17 minutes, what? End of series six is going to be a solid 25. They'll have their own feedback episode. Yes, their feedback. Yeah, they will have their own feedback episode. Then we give feedback on their feedback. I like the way you're thinking. Uh, yeah, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much for providing that. And and I, I believe they had a bit of a time doing that. They had to do a several, uh, couple of re-records on it, I think, to get themselves all together. Not easy to arrange three people to record something like that. So, uh, well, I mean, Cliff has just said in the comments there, it was originally 23 minutes long. So uh, good trimming there, Cliff. Um, thank you very much for that. Really, really enjoyed that. Thank you. Also, there was a point that Sarah made earlier on that I, I wanted to kind of address with you, which is that... Series 1, 2, and 3 really felt like 6.30 shows. But Sarah made the point, like, Series 5, it doesn't feel like it's right going out at 6.30. Like, do you think that, like, Don would have loved for this show to have been more of a 
late night Friday night Channel Four type shop. You know that channel, that Friday night Channel Four. That was the place to be on a Friday night. I wonder if he would have really loved to have put Games Master in that era. Yeah, I think he would have. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what he was making the show for, but was still in the tea time slot. Uh, so thank you to our wonderful moderating team for that. But we also have some of your written feedback that we're going to read out now. And this first one comes in from Peter, who says, Many thanks for doing the Games Master Series 5 podcast. It's been a great trip down memory lane, and it's nice to hear other people's thoughts on the series. I like how the rapport between Dom and the others began to flourish in this series. The addition of Kirk and Derek worked really well. The celebrity guest and challenges were probably as good as they've been up until now, with my personal favorite being Virtual Cop. Uh, it's also covered what ended up being a pretty significant era of gaming, the 32-bit generation. Let's not forget that awesome Mario 64 feature. If possible, I wouldn't hear, uh, mind hearing more of what became of the others that appeared on screen, even if it's a brief, where are they now? Bex and Job, once again, on another series, I really look forward to your covering Series 6, especially my all-time favorite, and possibly funniest episode, the Athletes Kings Challenge. Best wishes, Peter. Now, I think the Where Are They Now is probably going to be in the Games Master Oral History book, I would have thought. Yes, there will be a lot in your history. And to be honest, there's a couple of names that we've kind of kept to one side as a possible post-run series of interviews. Someone mentioned Derek Lynch. I mean, Derek's been mentioned a lot of times. We're a big fan of Derek. And I did actually try and track him down. Now, <laughs> I'm going to precursor this next bit with a lot of allegedly's because basically I only found stuff on forums, but he is pretty much off the gaming scene. And if you believe some people on some forums, he may have done a runner with a bunch of prize money. That could be completely false i want to believe it is completely false because derek has been an absolute highlight of this show he's been a great presence knowledgeable and brilliant at winging it if true one i'm probably gonna have a hard time finding him two could be an awkward interview yeah there's been a few people that we've um, tracked down and wanted to speak to but they'll be like nah, i don't think this is actually i don't think this is going to work out i don't think this is going to line up the way that we're looking to do derek is one of those ones that's just like oh man Right, so that's a real shame, actually. Uh, so you want to take our next bit of feedback? Yep, it is from one of our most far-reaching listeners, not in the Discord. So, you know, I thought, I thought we'd primarily our listener base would probably be, I don't know, England. I think that's the big one. I thought yep. we'd pick up some Americans, not necessarily because they're familiar with Games Master, but because of your day job. Maybe a few people from overseas because of my previous podcast ventures. I did not expect Nut. Um, I will say I'm going to read his feedback. Absolute. Yeah, there's a lot of love in the chat for Nut. I'm just going to read it absolute. Hey, guys, it's Nut here. This season really belongs to the Dominic Diamond show. There were a few jokes that Dom played like it wasn't that bad. As for the challenges in the list, it's pretty good. Dave in this season is not so bad. Best and worst of Games Master Series 5, not counting the Christmas episode. Best episode of Games Master Series 5 is Episode 4 with Martin Mathers. Yeah, Luke will agree with that one. Worst episode of Series 5 was Episode 8 with The Executioner. Oh, Luke does not agree with that one. Love The Executioner. Best celebrity player is back to Episode 5 with Stuart Wade and Tanisha Geronimo. And Episode 14 with Patsy Palmer and Dean Gaffney. Uh, maybe, maybe EastEnders is massive over there. Maybe. I, I genuinely 
I genuinely don't know. Dave Fisher actually with a great point here in the chat. Dave as a reviewer, best use of him. It really was. True. He was great as a reviewer. He rarely said anything in the review zone that I actively disagreed with or found yeah. offensive. In fact, I don't think he said anything offensive in the reviews. No, this is probably the least offensive Dave has been across the board. Like we've even said that Dom essentially took on the role of Dave Perry for a lot of series five in terms of like saying the really awkward worst celebrity player episode 11 with ronnie o'sullivan because yeah. the internet at that time was not transmitted throughout the world i'm not entirely sure what he means that i'm going to assume he means that it was actually not that impressive a challenge because even over the internet it was like maybe 50 miles you know it wasn't that impressive assuming they actually did it at all whereas if they'd done the challenge where i don't know ronnie o'sullivan was in australia that would have one been impressive two probably not have worked at all dial up gaming latency uh, overseas oh god i remember playing doom internationally that that was not fun that just did not work however this season has been pretty good but next season will be heavier in some episodes see you in the ocean in series six of games master Bye-bye. Thanks, Nut. Love. I always appreciate Nut sending in his feedback, although I've I got to disagree with the worst episode being poor. Isn't it interesting that his favourite and his worst episodes both featured researchers on the Series 5 crew? You know, I didn't love The Executioner. I didn't hate it. So, yeah, Nut, if you're watching, please let us know what it was about The Executioner that you really hated, and also especially what it is that you really loved about Patsy Palmer and Dean Gatlin. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm genuinely curious on that one. I want to know. Uh, our next one comes in from Alan, who says, Hi, Ash and Luke, long-time listener, first-time emailer. Case Masters Series 5 is one of the series which I have the clearest memory of, as it was here that I began recording and re-watching the show with regularity that only a 10-year-old can manage. I wonder if that's got to play a huge part in some people's nostalgia for it. Like, this is the first show that they taped a lot of. As someone who has never really been an active member in online communities, one of the most interesting aspects of following UCP has been finding out the general perception of Games Master in its various guises amongst the fan base. In this case, what you would refer to as the Dom and Mates era. Personally, this is by far my favorite era of Games Master. I understand how the lads, lads, lads nature is off-putting to some, but I personally don't have an issue with it. I find series one and two relatively quaint and not as interesting, even though they cover what is my favorite era of gaming, whereas these later series are just endlessly entertaining. In his press runs for Series 8, Rob Florence made the point that Games Master was built on what Dominic Diamond brought to the show rather than what the format itself, and I agree 100%. I know I'm probably talking from a minority perspective in this case, but I always found the challenges the least interesting and least memorable part of the show, but I loved the news, features, banter, and general sense of irreverence, and re-watching Series 5 alongside the release of the podcast episodes, I can remember stuff down to the exact cadence of delivery as though I most recently watched it last week, not 25 years ago. Dominic's turn as Games Master host is genuinely my favorite hosting performance on any show I can think of. Something about it just clicks with me, and I think Series 5 is where he nails things down 100%. Looking at it with 2022 eyes, it's a heady mix of very British sense of humor, the the capturing of the mid-late 90s zeitgeist, and just being genuinely good, even though he never seems to be quite sure of what he's doing with his hands when talking to guests. I also hold the complete opposite view to you in what challenges are I like, like Baby Rom and Director's Lab inherently are more interesting than Man A beat Man B at Fighting Game C. I always struggle with this word. Contemporaneously, 
Did I say that right? Oh, you did. It's a good word as well. In fact, such yeah, a good word. Round of applause there for using that word. Do you know what? We're going to have an award for the best word used in a piece of feedback we've ever received. That's it. Contemporaneously, they showed up. Uh, they showed us. I said it again, and then messed up us. <laughs> Contemporaneously, they showed us where gaming tech might be going forward. Uh, and in retrospect, they showed us where tech thought they were at the time. And I appreciate the more imaginative use of obscure and experimental software hardware over just the beat the time challenges on the latest PlayStation games. Having said that, my favorite challenges would be Wigfield, both for the conceit and the fact that Yoshi's Island is probably my favorite 16-bit game, and Damien Champ trying to beat three games of Puzzle Bubble at once. Least favorite was the Tekken 2 Crackers challenge, as I pretty much zero interest in one-on-one -on -one fighting games, and this one didn't even have the benefit of being direct competition, though I did enjoy the tiny preamble showing where they got their information from. Keep up the good work, guys. As someone who moved abroad in 2020 uh, and hasn't been back for the UK for three years for obvious reasons, lost contact with the UK TV culture. For example, I never heard of Taskmaster until you started discussing it in the episode 17. So I love the trips down memory lane. For my money, Series 5 is the best Games Master series so far, even though the Games Master himself sadly feels like more of a periphery figure. And I'm looking forward to seeing if Series 6 and Series 7 have held up as well in reality as they have in my memory. All the best, Alan from Kobe, Japan. That was wow. an amazingly well-written piece of feedback. Thank so you. good. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And you know, I, I agree with actually a, a lot of that. Like, while I, I like Series 5 more than I like Series 4, and while there are elements of Series 5 that I don't like as much because of the sort of the way they, they handle things, I agree with uh, Alan's point about them changing up the format and not having every challenge be Man A beats Man C at Game D. I think does actually make the show feel more varied. And so I can certainly see you like why you would hold this up as, as your favorite series. As I think I said when we talked about it earlier, there were ways they could have made the director's challenge more interesting. Or rather, not more interesting. More good? More yeah, more good. There we go. Let's use our big words, Luke. More refined. <laughs> more refined. Refined. By, by having two people on that knew what they were doing with it or had been given more time to get to know it. Yeah. Just a little bit more prep would have made the world a difference to things like that, maybe to the PC building challenge, maybe to some of the other things, because we had another movie making CD-ROM piece of software that was in one of the news items. In fact, it was probably one of our favorites to discuss because we got to talk about Full Moon Pictures and Charles Band and all, and all those movies. It was great there and it was a lot of fun to talk about. But even if they just switched it, it would have still been a terrible thing to use as a challenge because even though we'd have had a lot of enthusiasm for the clips and for the films that they would have been using, people still wouldn't have known how to use it. Yeah. But I still like the fighting game challenges. What Series 5 does uh, as, a, as a way to kind of like improve upon the fighting game challenges they've had previously is doing things like it's combo breakers. It's doing who can do the biggest combo on Killer Instincts, who can last the longest without taking a hit on Virtual Fighter 2, who can find the most interesting moves on Tekken 2. Like I think that actually makes the fighting game challenges more interesting than just doing fighting game challenges that they've done for the previous four series. It's, it's certainly one of the most in-depth and interesting pieces of feedback I think we've ever had, and also contemporaneously. Th that's what I was going to say. It's one of my favourite bits of feedback we've actually ever had, uh, and, and I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed reading through it. Which brings us to our, our next bit of feedback, Ash. I will pass the microphone across to you for one of our long, long-time listeners and contributors to the Discord. Oh, it's Sean. He writes in, Hi, guys. Great reviews as always. A lot of great games are beginning to show up in this series. 
Resident Evil, Ridge Racer, Time Crisis, that Namco gun for the PlayStation was fantastic. It really was. Victory Boxing and loads of FIFA. Brackets. Did you hear they're changing the name? I sure did. I've had many arguments with people over it because I do not think, to use a Lukeism, it will matter diddly dick. <laughs> I actually haven't heard that they're changing the name. Yeah, they're dumping the FIFA license. Oh, so it's just going to be EA 22 or like EA uh, 23 or EA Football 23. Um, someone in the chat remind me what they're calling it because I've forgotten. But the simple fact is, I know I will see the EA logo on a box and it will be football and I will know exactly what it is. Sean is reminding us, it's EAFC. Well, that is a bad name, but it's not going to matter a jolt. It's not going to matter a jolt. People are going to buy it. But anyway, they got rid of the FIFA license, and they've just licensed with all the various leagues and clubs and players separately. So basically, the money they saved negotiating with FIFA, they've spent on lawyers. Yeah. And contract negotiators. But anyway. Probably cheaper. I really enjoyed the Mortal Kombat episode, as it has what I like about UCP. It's that in-depth look into games, music, films, and TV. Mm -hmm. And I, I really enjoyed putting that episode together uh, with Ketchup. Last minute, though, it was, and my microphone was wrong. I, I'm really glad that episode came together as well as it did, because it's actually better than it had any right to be, considering the sort of how how long it took, to, uh, the short amount of time I had. It, it was a really, really fun episode. It's one of those ones where... I, you know, I wasn't there because I was on holiday. I don't mind saying it. I kind of wish I had been there for it. Not at the expense of my holiday, because I really bloody needed that holiday. But also, it was a fun time. It, I hope we get to do something with them in the future. Sorry, last bit of Sean feedback. Episodes like that Mortal Kombat is why he gets excited about UCP Extra. And he says he's sorry it's not great at feedback, but you guys are awesome and the community you build on the Discord is awesome. Dude, your feedback's fine. Your feedback's great. Don't worry Always about it. Always great. Love getting Sean's feedback. Worried that we weren't going to get any feedback from Sean. Much in the same way, I was worried we weren't going to get feedback from our next and final uh, entrant into this because this was a very, very late bit of feedback. Give him in about two, three hours before we sat down to record this and genuinely did have a concern that Misha was not going to get in any feedback for this series. I was I was just worried about where they were. I was I was like, what, what, where's Misha at? And I'm really glad that Misha got uh, theirs in because I'll read this here. I'll give season five credit. It's found its voice better than series four. Still hankering for the days of the old series one, series two format though. Nostalgia is quite the drug. Features are taking a step up. Seems like the show has gone from plugging clay fighters for a quick bung on a full press junket. A few standout challenges, whether due to participants, Mr. Motivator, or skill, Martin Mathers, or for the wrong reasons, baby, rom do 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 but fewer all-time classics. That's a good point there. Am I imagining it, or did the innuendos lessen in this series in favor of more overt lads, lads, lads approach to humor? I think you might be right on that one. Uh, could still do with more slash a bit better post-production too, and the green screen heavenly choir really does wind me up. But truly and honestly, the absolute highlight of this trench of quality content was UCP Live. So many wagglers coming together for glorious retro nerd shenanigans. We have many ups and downs and ins and outs, but the under-console nation are still one of the finest, most supportive communities out there. Maybe, memes aside, the real joysticks were the friends we made along the way. Another one soon, please. Stay safe, guys. Misha. 
no matter what happens with under consultation when we reach the end of games master i would like to think we would do at least one more live event of some kind because doing a live show with you is legitimately the most fun i've had doing this podcast it was so much fun i had an absolute blast with it it's the closest uh, i've ever come to doing stand-up comedy and actually <laughs> getting people to laugh in person like a room full of people laughing at stupid stuff that i'm saying and you want to talk about nostalgia being a drug holy hell People laughing at your stupid shit, that's a drug. I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed that evening and and everyone that was there for it. And like, it's the live podcast I've always dreamt of doing. And I was so thrilled that we got to do it uh, together and, and do it. And you did such a great job on the production of it. Like it was such a wonderful evening. We have like, you know, briefly talked about like what we would do for another one. And yeah. I would like to get another one in the diary. Absolutely. And uh, the video of it does exist. It will be worked on because, as you've heard, if you've listened to the episode, there were some audio problems. It actually makes the video edit a bit more complicated. But I'm working on it. I'm getting there. If nothing else, maybe I'll have it ready for the first anniversary of the live event itself. So, Ash, that uh, kind of brings us to an end of this Series 5 wrap-up. As we look ahead to Series 6, we are heading under the sea for the Atlantis-based episode. Our last long series here, we've got 18 episodes. Ash, what are you, aside from the obvious... What do you think you're looking forward to the most? There's a lot of challenges. There's some returns. We we have another virtual cop. We have probably the coolest virtual cop challenge you're ever going to get unless someone actually ends up with four arms and so can play four different virtual cop games at once. And that's the return of Martin Mathers playing virtual cop two twice, one gun in each hand, two Love separate it. machines. It's an amazing challenge. That's right up there. Of course, Mario Gate. Are we going to give it extra special treatment on the initial episode or is it something we're going to come back to and revisit? Because I'll be honest, I really want to read the book chapter on it, like where it's gone over. I I don't want to go too in-depth with it until we actually get the real story. Because there's a lot of what we're doing at the moment where it's like, oh man, I I really wish I knew what it said in the book about this. Because we're just kind of like hypothesizing making it up essentially we're making it up a best guess there's a couple of interesting interviews coming up including a few uh, kind of figures from gaming history that are still around today and become to be known as a bit of a joke peter molyneux will be appearing in games master series six it's a delight when he comes up on screen it's very rare as you hear the words delight and peter molyneux (laughs) together and, and it's mostly because, like, oh, I'm doing a podcast about this. This will be a lot of fun. Also, I love the set for the next next episode. Yes. I love the title sequence, the theme music, the set. It's full-on Crystal Maze meets BBC original Doctor Who. It's just, like, absolutely brilliant. I, I'm yeah. really... I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward because it is the next step. I'm also looking forward to it because I really like the colour of Dom's suit. It is like, I love the look of Series 6 a lot. Series 5, whether you think it holds up or not, you know, it's it's certainly up for debate. I'm looking forward to seeing, having that conversation again at the end of Series 6 and seeing how much Series 6 differs or is almost the same as Series 5. It's also going to be so much more N64 for us. We've got a buttload of N64 stuff coming uh, in in the series, not the least of which because of the Dave Perry incident. You know, when I look back at us starting this podcast, recording it in the studio where I work, and us making a joke about how we should have like a countdown 
until we reach the Super Mario 64 instant. Because at that point when we were recording it in October 2019, we were like, that's so far off down the line. Ash, we've reached that point. We have finally reached our back and to the left moment for uh, Games Master. And we do need to find a way to, to cover that. Because I mean, it's also a very hard episode to cover anyway, because it's a quiz. It'd be like doing a review of Quizomania. Like it is literally just a, it's a very weirdly not very good quiz. And then a challenge at the end. We've reviewed a highlights episode. We can manage reviewing a quiz. Maybe. Uh, I mean, having said that, like, what was the, um, what was that, uh, Starcade? That was Thank a quiz you. show. <laughs> I've still got a lot of love for Starcade, Stephen King versus Little Orphan Annie. <laughs> So, Ash, I think that is going to do it for this wrap-up episode. Thank you all so much for joining us here live on YouTube, or if you're just listening to this on the uh, the audio realm. Thank you so much for joining us for Series 5. We very much look ahead to seeing you in Series 6. We do have a couple of pit stops along the way, as we usually do, as well as our Episode 0 in-between gap of end of Series 5 and the start of Series 6, where, spoilers, I get to talk about a goofy movie because it was the UK number one box office and I'm really, really thrilled about that. But until then, Ash, I suppose we will see you in seven days' time. Take care, everyone. Good night. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.